0: Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Gaming Dadcast, I'm Mike Bowerman, thanks for joining me yet again, here we go again, Uh, what we got on the menu today, we've got the messenger soundtrack, the highlighted game is going to be Hollow Knight, and the topic we're going to discuss today is time for tutorials, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, and just a brief disclaimer, I thought about changing my topic this week, I think I'm going to give it just another week, because I like to, I don't want to try to just instantly react to things uh, in this podcast, even though <laughs> I typically do anyway, uh, in other areas. <clears throat> but last week I was discussing the whole, you know, racing games and game of the year and all that stuff, and I brought up uh, a certain game, Gran Turismo 7. And something recently happened, uh, like days after I released the podcast, that really just rubbed me. And it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. A lot of people were very cranky with it. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a future discussion. Um, But we are going to be talking about tutorials today. But before we get to that, we need to discuss a soundtrack. And this soundtrack is from a certain game called The Messenger. What an excellent game this is. And I, look, I got to be honest here. When I first saw it, I was I was not too interested to play it. Uh, it looked like, I don't know, to me, it looked like older Ninja Gaiden games. I just didn't care that much about it. I looked and went, eh, that's cool. Don't care. Like, I've, I've got enough of this, right? Like a a platformer, side-scrolling, 2D, you know, left-to-right kind of thing. Okay, whatever. I just, I wasn't in the mood you know, whatever, maybe eventually it was recommended to me by a few different people, but specifically by someone who doesn't typically like platformers, um, or these types of games. So this got me really interested I went, okay, well now maybe I should probably pay attention to this. Now the game itself is just a joy to play. Uh, but I, I don't want to go down that, that route because I could just go on and on. It's just, it's great to play. Great game to play. We're here to talk about the freaking amazing soundtrack that this game has. Uh, And even there was free DLC added after the fact, and that came with even more music and even more gameplay. It's just wonderful all around. The, The soundtrack is great. So first, we gotta start with one of the very first songs you'll hear in the game. Hills of destiny now many many of the tracks in this game have a uh, pitch slider pitch shifter used so um, this is the move. this is when the note moves up or down in a smooth fashion so like think of the like ooh sound like the ooh like it it stays on the note but it just shifts it slightly right and you know, like all of these, this soundtrack uses that a that technique a lot. So on a keyboard, right, like a, a digital keyboard, um, when there's like a little uh, a little round thing, usually has a notch in it. If you push a note and you move that up, it will shift it up the pitch up or shift the pitch down. So it uses that. This soundtrack has that a lot. Okay, this song "Hills of Destiny" has a wonderful hook to it. And it uses the pitch shifter in that hook. And behind the hook, so another uh, defining feature of this soundtrack is, so you've got the the pitch shifting going on, right? And that's typically in the front, the foreground. In the back, and just like this song, you've got this rhythmic note foundation. Um, it isn't percussion necessarily. It isn't like drums, like... P- t- that kind of sound, it uses notes to create the rhythm. So, like do 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 do. You from that you get a, a a solid rhythm from using these notes. All right, so you've got the the pitch shifting hook, you've got the rhythmic notes behind it, and this is all blended into. 8 and 16 bit styles. I believe it's 8 and 16 or 8 and 32. I'm whatever I believe it's 8 and 16 bit styles. Okay. Like the video gamey styles, in other words. So this blend between these, these pitch shifting hooks and the rhythmic notes behind it, it's just it works so well. It it just works so well. It's great with this style. And Hills of Destiny. Is I mean, this is like literally one of the first games you hear in the game. Perfectly sets the tone. Then you've got other songs like Into the Depths that not only heavily uses that pitch-shifting technique, but it also adds in uh, fade-ins and fade-outs, like this fade effect, Um, sometimes at the beginning of the note, sometimes at the end of the note. So again, we have the rhythmic notes in the back. Uh, These ones are more like... uh, Think of if a guitarist plays a set of notes in a very strict rhythm and repeats that over and over and over and over. So, uh, okay, a good example of this: the song "Thunderstruck" by AC/DC. That they they set the rhythmic tone without using percussion at all. They're using a guitar, and it's even if they move up notes, they're using the same rhythmic pattern. Okay, so that Into the Depths really hits that one home. And then the pitch shifting in this song is long, and it uses, like I said, fade effects on both ends of the notes. So, like, where the other one's like, like, they may, like, add it just every now and then. Into the Depths, much longer usage of notes and using that, pitch shifting and they can that's how they can get away with like the fade fade in and fade out effects right so same general template but they throw in a little bit of uh, a little bit of the spice a little bit of the the color right into this and it's just wonderful then you've got songs like bamboo boogaloo which outside of having just a freaking fantastic name you know this might be the catchiest song in the group even if it isn't my personal favorite, it's probably the catchiest or one of two of the catchiest. So after listening to it again, because like I say every week, uh, as I'm writing out the bullet points for my podcast, I usually put on whatever, whatever I'm, I start back and move, full, you know, like I start at the end and move backwards, which is kind of weird, Um, but I'll, you know, start with the topic, talk about that, and I'm listening to the soundtrack while I'm writing, and then I can highlight game, all that stuff, and I get back to this. So as I was listening to it again, you know, I realized I think there's always some kind of pitch shifting happening or some some kind of uh, fluctuation, some kind of, uh, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? I use it uh, on my guitar effects pedal as well, but there's always some kind of movement with the notes now I'm not talking about moving from note to note I'm talking like like I said like the shifting uh and it's crazy I don't think I've ever realized that but Bamboo Boogaloo uses that um and this one has one of the most definite drum and rhythm sections in all of the songs this isn't a drum heavy OST but this song sure is heavy with it I mean big time And yet there's still more. (laughs) So, again, there's always this established, you know, rhythmic notes laying the foundation in all of these songs. But they're not necessarily percussion. There are a couple of standouts like Bamboo Boogaloo and and, uh, there's another one we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But they have the rhythmic notes in the background and they use that pitch shifting in the hooks, like the things that will get stuck in your head. I'd have to say Impossible Ascent is probably my personal favorite track in the game. So as you would have guessed by the name of it, this song plays when you're scaling a uh, a very steep mountain. And this this music gives that impression. And I love when music like you can listen to a song and maybe see the name, but when you listen to it and you think, "Ooh." You know, like a, a game's, let's talk about games. I mean, same thing in films and things like that when they convey the the proper scene, the emotion, whatever. But in games, I love when you can listen to a song and go, huh, I'm pretty certain I can get the feel of where this would play in a game. I love it when they do that without just outright saying, this is on the mountain level. Um, you know, I like this one because of all the aforementioned stuff it does, like the, the pitch shifting and the rhythmic notes and all that stuff. But I like this one because... Though the tempo doesn't change, you know, the tempo being the speed of the song, it's always at the same speed, there are very distinct differences in the song that make it feel like the song either slows down or speeds up, even though it's the same tempo. And they, they'll go, it's not even necessarily cut time and normal time either. And cut time, normal time being cut time is like, so if you go one two three four one two three four, that's normal time. Cut time it would go one two three four one two three four. Like there's a different emphasis, even though it's the exact same speed, the exact same, uh, the exact same tempo, time signature, all that stuff, right? Um, but I love how they, just the way that it's composed, it just makes it feel slower, faster. And, you know, honestly, I like the feeling throughout the song. It feels like the song is constantly telling you, be careful, you're about to fall, like over and over and over, which adds to the suspense of, like, don't miss this platforming section, please, because I do not want to fall back down. And finally, I have to mention, and, and if somebody's listening to this podcast, you know who you are, you know who I'm talking to right now. I feel like they would be so cranky with me if I didn't mention this song, and, and rightfully so. I have to mention the arcane shop music. I just have to. It is so good. And uh, This is the music that plays when you go see the shopkeeper, essentially, like the 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 getting items and whatever, right? So similar to Bamboo Boogaloo, this will be a song that gets stuck in your head. It is It is catchy. Partially because you visit the shop often, partially because you stay there a decent amount of time on most visits, thanks to the wonderfully goofy dialogue from the shopkeeper, and it's just, that's that's a whole other thing, and partially because, like I said, it's just so catchy. It just gets stuck in your head. It is so good, and again, I like this personally too, because this is another one of the few drum-heavy songs, Uh, and I, I just love it. It's just wonderful. And just to kind of come back to that cut time thing, so the differences between cut time and normal time are really accentuated in this in Arcane Shop. Okay. Uh the normal time feels almost like a like a western beat, like bump ba da bump bada bump ba bump bump like that kind of rhythmic feel. Um and then the cut time gives that like <clears throat> feeling, like, you know. <laughs> you know like it's slower Draw the percussion is slower and then that's honestly the part that's probably gonna get stuck in your head the do do, do 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 it's just great arcane shop wonderful stuff uh now this could be a minor spoiler so i'm just gonna give a heads up here okay so you can briefly skip ahead you know maybe 30 seconds or so just to be safe Because I want to point out one other really cool thing with all these songs, especially the ones that I've mentioned, but it could potentially give away a minor spoiler. I mean, it it has been a long time, but I know some people are very sensitive. So go ahead and skip now 30 seconds. Cool. All of these songs have alternate higher bit versions due to something that happens in the game later on. So I mentioned 8 and 16 bit. Uh, so these renditions arrangements are just as freaking good in this, in these new styles. Uh, and this is due to something, like I said, it do It's, it's so cool. Cause it's due to something that happens in the gameplay later. So yeah, anyway, welcome back. If you left, welcome back to the non-spoiler zone. Uh, the messenger is a wonderful game to play visually re- well done. And the music is just fantastic. Give it a listen great great stuff all right so now that we've gone through the messenger soundtrack let's get to the highlighted game this week that is going to be hollow knight this is just it's one of my all-time favorites um and just to kind of reiterate so okay so hollow knight is a metroidvania and it seems like metroidvanias are a dime a dozen these days Um, and just to kind of talk about a Metroidvania again like what that means I briefly talked about this during I don't remember what episode it was when I talked about Metroid Dread Metroid, the Metroid part of Metroidvania is from the Metroid games so not talking about Prime I'm talking about like the mainline you know started on the NES, Super NES all that stuff Um, the 2D side-scrolling, but like it's a it's a giant map, and you not everything is unlocked, so like you got to go to one part of the map, and then you find an item. Oh, I can go back and do this now. That kind of stuff. So, the Metroid part of Metroidvania is from the Metroid games. The Vania part is from the series Castlevania, um, which are very similar, but they're, they're they're different. They're different feels. They're different styles of this game but they're both generally the same at their core so you know similar to the messenger um when I first saw Hollow Knight I mean the only thing that really gripped me was the art style but I was like eh, I don't know I'll get to it eventually <clears throat> I wasn't too sold on I wasn't like oh man I gotta go get this thing in fact I played it way later I played it on the switch um and I got it on sale thinking ah, I'll try it out looks good let's do this and, you know, Hollow Knight is different for me in two ways specifically, different from all other Metroidvanias out there. So these types of games can be difficult, sure. <clears throat> but more often than not, you know, like I said earlier, the the more upgrades you get, the easier the game gets. So like I said, you, you'll progress through, and it's a giant map, and technically, you could, if you could figure out how, I don't know if you could, um, get past certain areas you could just go move on through the game right just like uh, speed runners really like these types of games I believe too for that reason finding the ways to you know basically break the system but like oh like let's say you get to one area of the map and you unlock uh, a grapple hook and then that grapple hook you think oh there are other areas I can go back to in the in the area I just was that I can get to higher uh, levels different areas of that right because of that grapple hook some of them secret some of them maybe you have to like go that way like that's the main path okay so they're not really open world but they're kind of like pseudo open world ish a little bit but typically in these games the more stuff you get they get a little bit easier now it's not to say that they're not difficult or some don't stay difficult you know metroid dread can be very difficult especially that last boss Ooh, it's it's tough. Uh, And they added things like hard mode, things like that, right? So all that to be said. Um, So Hollow Knight, it does get easier, I guess, sure. But it stays difficult the whole way through. I mean, all the way to the bitter end. And even especially the extra stuff, the, uh, I don't know if it was DLC or whatever, but the added on stuff, right? It's all very difficult. So at first when I first started playing the game I just rush in and start attacking, right? And you know this worked for a brief time. <laughs> you know, I just assumed like it wasn't about the combat, it was about just getting figuring out how to get to point A uh, point B from point A and you know getting whatever I need. That's like the puzzle side of things, right? Not necessarily the combat. So I'd rush in, do it, and then I started getting my butt whooped. Um and, you know, even though this is a 2D game, um, the mechanics and the enemies in the game require that you think before you act. You know, perfect example of this, and I'm not going to go into names or situations. I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit vague here. Uh, there's a later game boss fight in a tower, and you are required to fight two bosses at once, and it is rough. Like, I had a difficult time with other enemies but it never really really stopped me that boss oh gosh that was a tough one for me there's a couple others too but my my point being is that the game's combat even like you look at it and you wouldn't think so right oh it's a 2d metroidvania okay it is difficult and it requires like you don't just go in there and just like push a button push a button, mash mash it like you gotta know how to play the game and then play it the right way so because of this difficulty, exploring becomes more exhilarating and intimidating. So instead of just a bland, oh, well, I gotta go here, go here, do that, kind of turn your brain off, like you you have to be engaged in paying attention because you can get wrecked really fast, okay? And in turn, it like I said, makes it more exhilarating, like, oh, man, this is cool, like finding a new area. Um, this also made me really pay attention to things like any buffs that I acquired, like uh, items or other things. Um, think about how to utilize them, which ones I want to use, things like that. And, you know, in a similar fashion to Soulsborne games, I guess, you know, like Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, the recent Elden Ring, that stuff. If you die, you have to go and get your loot back. So, like, if you die, you lose all of your currency, the currency leveling up certain things and buying things and all that stuff. Right? So it's, you kind of need it. Okay. Um, so if you die, you drop it right there and the, and you go back to the most recent checkpoint and you have to make your way back to where you died, get your stuff before you die again. If you die again, before you get it, you lose it. So very much like those games. Okay. Not a new concept or anything like that. And others have done it before. So, okay. Um, but that is one aspect that really struck at home for me was the, the difficulty and it never felt too difficult. Um, but again, the combat and the way it's set up, I don't even know if I'd call it a difficulty thing. It's just the way that the gameplay mechanics are set up and the way that the enemies are, are created, like how they created them and even the worlds too, like the environments where you're fighting, um, it makes you think about what you're doing. Very similar to like a Souls game, right? Because those are just outright difficult. They make you think about like, well, I'm not just going to go mash a button. Like I have to do things the right way. I have to think about it, okay? So that's one aspect that really, for especially at the time Hollow Knight, set itself apart. Now, part of the allure of these types of games, these Metroidvanias, is that many times they expect you to figure things out on your own right like it's, it's the puzzle aspect and that's great but typically the story and or dialogue if there's any it's very straightforward okay nothing groundbreaking it could be good but it's not it's it's kind of fed to you the player hollow knight though Who oh it's different so i know it's a bit of a fad to compare games to souls board games like i've already done <laughs> so far But Hollow Knight truly reminds me of the series for one big reason. And it's not even for the aforementioned drop and loot and being difficult and stuff. It's that it tells stories through the environment and the interactions of characters. And sometimes it's not even spoken spoken interactions. Uh, You know, maybe it's just the world building aspects, the, you know, like what they've created. So, I mean, sure, there are some story beats given through dialogue okay, that's, that's fine, that's a given, gonna, you know, okay, but I can't tell you how often I thought to myself, whoa, why is it like this here, or, oh, you know, that makes sense, why, uh, I don't know, why this area is so dark, like, it fits into the world, which tells a deeper story about this nest, (laughs) you know, and they're all, they are all bugs, right, like, it's so cool seeing the different environments and just kind of putting two and two together like, oh, I bet it's this way because and then little things in the environment will tell you, you like tell you further lore, right? Or you can kind of come up with it on your own. It doesn't just spoon feed it to you. It The developers trust the player to pay attention and be engaged with the game so that number one, they can improve their skills, right? So like the aforementioned difficulty, Or the way that the game is made. Um, So you pay attention. You're engaged to improve your skills. But also to notice the little details that could possibly be telling a story. Part of the story. Part of this bigger story. You know, your main character doesn't speak. He's a little bug thing with a, a white helmet with horns on it. And you stab people with what's called a needle. Okay? And... By interacting with the, you know, and again, you do interact with some people. There is dialogue. I'm not saying there isn't any. But it tells stories and tells the main story in a way that reminds me of how Souls games tell their stories. They're not necessarily tour de forces of like, oh, my gosh, the dialogue that's so witty and all this and the story. It's it's just more of a wow, this is kind of cool to unravel as I play through, if I pay attention to it, right? And that's, those two aspects really set it apart. Now, to just cap off, one final thing that I gotta say, I have to say about this game, which makes it truly great, is the art style. I mean, it's it's going to stand the test of time. So, you know, in my opinion, not only does the gameplay have the makings to be able to stand the test of time and, you know, play it much later and it still holds up, the visuals and art direction do too. Uh think of another perfect example of this is Wind Waker, right? Maligned at the time and now Hollow Knight was not maligned. I don't think I don't think it was. I'm sure people didn't like it, whatever. But the the art style and the the visuals you could play you'll be able to play this game 10 years from now and it will still look and play marvelous. I firmly believe that. cuz the art direction is just so well done. It's so well done. So Hollow Knight must play, uh, even if you don't like Metroidvania games, those types of games, I would, I would, you know, suggest it. I would recommend this one big time because all of the other aspects to it are just so cool and it's so good. It's just a good game. There's a reason why a lot of people are looking forward to Silk Song, which is the follow up, which we're still waiting to hear from. Don't know if that'll ever actually release, but that's beside the point. So I, I would actually suggest playing this on the Switch thanks to the portable nature of the machines, just really plays, these types of games are perfect on it, or perhaps the Steam Deck if you can get one, um, but that portable nature, really good, really great game, highly, highly recommend it. The gameplay, the difficulty in the gameplay, wonderful. The uh, the storytelling through the environment and just the way things are, um, and it just wants to, wants to bring you along and say, well, figure this out. ask these questions, what does that mean? You know, that kind of stuff, just wonderful. Play Hollow Knight, good stuff. All right, so talked about the Messenger soundtrack, wonderful, talked about Hollow Knight, fantastic. Now let's get to our topic. I've labeled this section, time for tutorials. So when I was a kid, I had a lot of free time on my hands. Pretty certain, you know, pretty certain most kids do. But yeah, anyway, uh, when I was in high school, I had less free time, but still had a ton in college, you know, or just out of college, uh, my free time dropped significantly. Uh, but now, yeah. So being an adult and even more so being a parent has opened my eyes to games and respecting my time. You know, there's something that sticks out to me specific with this aspect, um, and that is tutorials, as you probably would have guessed from the name of this section. But you know in in those of you listening, what are the, what are the big podcast podcasters say, you know, you listeners, <laughs> um, you know, you're listening from all different parts of your life, different stages of your life. It's not where I'm at necessarily. Maybe it's close, maybe it is. maybe it's complete opposite, right? But as you get older, Typically, you get less free time because you're doing other stuff. You're adulting, you know, as they'd say. And so when you play games, you you want the games to respect your time. Now, that that doesn't mean necessarily like, oh, it needs to be a short game or saying, oh, long games just automatically are just thrown out the window, right? That doesn't mean that. I'm talking about things like and we're not going to get too far into this but like open world bloat like open world games typically for me nowadays there's just an instant no from me uh because i just don't care unfortunately um you know like the assassin's creed games like assassin's creed valhalla came out a year or two ago no interest just throwing stuff on a map don't care right and it doesn't respect your time in the sense that oh we'll do this mission and do this mission that's the exact same, and this mission that's the exact same. You gotta grind, you gotta level up to get to like, I don't know. Which is weird because I love JRPGs, and, and yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, but I don't know. Like, there's there's one specific aspect about this that really just ugh, just makes me want to gripe about it, and that's tutorials and how they're done. So I typically play the majority of my games at night, when everybody else in the family goes to sleep. You know, Switch is the outlier here, um, and I'm assuming the Steam Deck will be too when I can actually get one. I don't know if mine's ever coming in. I do have it on order still. I don't know what's going on anyway. Um, the so the, the the portable gaming, right? Like I play in handheld, I could play in short bursts, you know, things like that throughout the day. Like oh, cooking dinner, oh I gotta wait for 20 minutes, to bust out the Switch and play or something, right? Um, but typically it's at night, okay? It's typically when I do it. And I hate when games either don't give proper tutorials or they give too many tutorials. So it's, it's both ends of the spectrum, right? So let's start with that first one. So when a game doesn't give proper tutorials, it can cause gameplay bloat in not a good way. So one example of this and i'm not hating on this game cuz i love this game but what i'm trying to step back and think of this as like if if i was a newcomer and elden ring was my first one into this franchise how would i feel and actually i have a friend this is their first one and they've voiced some opinions on it and i'm like wow i can't say that i disagree with you i do agree with you um but one example is elden ring and many of the the Sol- souls games um you know though it, elden ring is a bit different right so <laughs> kind of i'm only using it because it's a recent example um so elden ring i feel doesn't explain well enough all of the mechanics that can be used okay so especially to new players um like the friend that i mentioned before never played a souls game before this is the first one i didn't even think he'd like it he watched me play it and was like oh i'm gonna get this this looks really cool and he's further than me now in the game um and he's like yeah i think i'm addicted to this right but At the start, you'd complain, like, a lot of this stuff, I had to go online, I had to look it up, I had to do, like, you have to do research. Now, that's part of the different thing with Elden Ring and Souls games, is that that's, like, kind of part of it. But also, like, getting older, I, I mean, I'm lucky enough that I've played other games, so a lot of this I just have to just be reminded of. Oh, yeah, that's right, and then I move on, right? I'm not learning now. So, you know, I have that benefit going for me, right? Um, but Elden Ring, you know, just to, to kind of further say that it's a little bit different. Um, and maybe not the best example, but again, it just, it's just the first thing that came to mind. Uh, Elden Ring feels different to me because part of the gameplay itself is discovering those things. So, like, part of the allure of it is the mystery and discover Oh, wait, you're telling me that I could do this the whole time if I had gone here or, like, oh, I can use a summon and summon my awesome jellyfish, but I have to get the bell to do it. Like, and not to say that you, you can find a lot of stuff, but you have to do the work for it, right? But there are other games out there that just don't get like, okay, maybe this is a better example. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. As much as I really enjoy that game, oh, the some of the worst tutorials ever. I've, geez, I've played that game a ton. I want to say over 100 hours at least total. And I still don't feel like I have a full grasp of how the battle mechanics work. I have a good grasp, but not a full grasp, you know, and it just gives bad tutorials. And I've seen people where they they talked about, uh, it just gives like, it just lies about in the tutorials. And it's just crazy to me. So like that makes gameplay blowed up because you're just taking time to try to figure out how to play the darn thing, right? Instead of actually playing it. So... That's that's probably a better example. Elden Ring was kind of different, right? But, you know, thankfully, I enjoyed Xenoblade Chronicles 2 so much. The game itself and the story and the characters and all that stuff that I powered through. And by the end of it, I was in a much better place. But bad tutorials. And it probably bloated. I'm going to be doing a new Game Plus here soon. I'm interested to see if the beginning is slower. Or, like, what my playtime is going to be on the second playthrough, right? Um so, anyways, that's one part that just bothers me. Like, give proper tutorials, okay? doesn't have to be crazy, which then goes to the other side. I hate it when a game gives too many tutorials. And if you know me, if you've been in the Discord at all, been on my Twitch chat, and we've talked about Zelda games, you'll know what's coming. A perfect example of this is Skyward Sword. Uh, <laughs> the first time I played it on the Wii... I started off really really liking it and then as time went on I just slowly started to really hate it. Um, So okay now let's talk about there was a recent remaster of Skyward Sword made things much more tolerable but the game does way too much hand-holding in my opinion. Way too much. It's like it does hand-holding. you're like you're halfway through the game and you're still doing it oh by the way and instead of you just letting the player know trusting the player to figure it out or think like okay well you've taught me this basic the way that this works so maybe if I do this oh that didn't work oh but what if I do yep that did work trusting the player to know to understand right there is too much front-loaded in Skyward Sword and not enough actual gameplay, so it is easy to just nope right out of it when you only have a limited amount of time to play. Now, again, I first played this years ago. I mean, this was on the Wii. I brought it from my brother-in-law. It was it was a whole thing. I think he even borrowed his controller because it had to be a specific controller because it was always all motion controls, all that stuff. And I, you know, I could care, I could not care less about the the controls at the time right it was just too much it it makes the game not fun and i'm more likely to just move on and just be like this is boring i'd rather read a book i'd rather watch a show i'd rather play another game i'd rather do something else with my time i have this limited amount of time and you're just hammering home to me the same stuff. By the way, look at this. Oh my gosh, look at this. Hey, here's this thing, look at this. And I'm like, ugh, I've done this enough, stop it. Let me figure things out and just play your game. So, you know, there's two sides to it. When there's not enough tutorial and when there's too much. And it's more about respecting time. So this also brought up something else that I kind of want to touch on here not necessarily it's it's just kind of what's the word tangentially uh tied it's it just kind of touches on tutorials right but I recently heard this the discuss and it just has really stuck in my mind the general rate the generational divide between players and when it comes to this kind of stuff like that's why I started off by saying when I was younger I had a lot of free time on my hands, and now I don't, okay? Maybe you're listening, you're thinking, well, it's not, I don't think that's bad. I played Elden Ring, didn't think it was bad. I played Skyward Sword, didn't think it, didn't think it was bad, right? Actually, let's not say I, Elden Ring. I played Blade Chronicles too. Uh, You know, it wasn't that bad, because I, I, you know, this is another aspect, and I think it, and maybe I'll, I'll discuss this in another episode to get a little bit further into, you know, go down the rabbit hole, but... That generational divide of, you know, like when I was younger, I had more time to do stuff. I had more time to just screw around and, and do whatever, right? Um, and now it's just like I have very dedicated, this is my time to chill out, and that's it. Right? And I I often wonder these tutorials and things, they're done. You know they're done by people that this is their life, right? They, they make games, they do this kind of stuff. This is their life, and I'm wondering the people they bring it to. Like I wonder if they bring it to people that don't play games at all, or people that have very limited time, like the the play testers, things like that. Or the, I wonder if play testers are typically people that have that free time, right? That's why they're play testing, because they have that opportunity to do so. I don't know, but it's made me really think about that generational divide too. Of You know, am I just being a cranky old man yelling, get off my lawn with this? Am I? I mean, you tell me. You're listening. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, But also, you know, like I was saying earlier about the open world games, the open world bloat, right? Respecting my time. A lot of people love open world games. They play them all the time. Now, I'm not saying they're bad. They're just not for me. And, you know, maybe you have no, you're listening. You're like, what is this dude talking about, man? In fact, the games he plays they suck, right? Like, they, I want, I want freedom. I want to do my own thing, but you have that time to to put into it, right? Um, what do you think about this? What do you think about tutorials? What do you think about you respecting your time? And and I think I'm gonna dive into that topic in a whole other episode about the whole respecting my time thing, um, which kind of ties into you know the whole theme of this podcast, right? Um, but what do you think about it? So be sure to hit me up on Twitter at Bowertendo, Instagram Bowertendo streaming on the weekends, just stream some Elden Ring and triangle strategy this, uh, past weekend over on Twitch, Bowertendo, email me Bowertendo at gmail.com. Um, and then, you know, always check the polls and the questions, you know, um, let me know. I, I saw a couple of answers last week. Those were rad. Um, Talking about the, and maybe I'll start highlighting those answers, right? If, if anybody answers, um, you know, in the poll last week, I asked what, uh what are, what do you, genres do you feel are typically skipped over when it comes to game of the year that it's like, that's kind of unfair, right? And one of them was JRPGs, which I had talked about too. I agree. But then also multiplayer games in general. And I agree with that. Like if a multiplayer game sets itself apart, so you know as much as i don't really care for fortnite like it changed a lot of stuff moving forward and it set itself apart by doing the building right so it wasn't just a copy paste of something else with cartoony graphics like it did a lot of stuff and it's still going there's a reason a lot of people still play it why was that not considered you know or maybe it was and i just didn't remember it um for a game of the year when it first released right like or at least when the battle royale version released i don't know that's a whole t- other topic um but yeah so be sure to check the question of the week the poll of the week check those things out maybe i'll start highlighting those answers if people start answering um but regardless thanks for chilling thanks for listening hopefully i was able to help pass the time when you're listening to this doing whatever whatever uh stuff you're doing throughout the day you know being you responsible citizen you Um, appreciate you listening to my ramblings let me know what you think and until next time bye